Okay, so um, last week we spoke about the size of a kazayas. Just to give you a picture of where we're coming from and where we're going over here. I uh, would like to, today I'm going to primarily focus on the size of a revius, um, which is the amount we use for drinking, specifically in the context of Pesach, it's for the four cups of wine, but that's also throughout the year um, when it comes to Kiddush, and also as we'll see when it comes to an afterbracha over drinks, we're going to touch on all of that. Uh, momentarily. Before I get into Revius, I have a number of follow-ups of sort of uh, perhaps some extra detail and loose strings to tie up um, from last week. From last week. Um, and then in Yatasham next week we're going to be talking about a uh, related topic, not completely dependent, but a related topic is about um, money, different currencies used by the Torah and what they mean um, practically today and the most practical relevance is about Pidyon Ben. how much silver need one give to the Kohen for the mitzvah of Pidyon Ben, and we're actually going to have a special exhibit A, we're going to have an in-house Pidyon Ben over here next Sunday morning really? where somebody who, an, an adult who has not yet been redeemed is going to be doing so next Sunday so it's a Siddhas Mitzvah Wow. And um, everybody should come. Hopefully, we'll have a minion at least, and we'll talk about Pidin Ben next week. So, um, I want to open up with a Shuvah Sagoinim, which I unfortunately don't have in front of me right now the exact text, but it's I saw it together with Arya Monday night, quoted in Rabbi Bodner's book on Kazayis, where he brings a letter from the Goinim which says that the reason why Hashem gave us the Shiurim of Torah. Um, in these measurements of food, rather than in actual weights and measures, you know, every society has weights and measures, so why didn't Hashem say, you know, so many, whatever it is, whether it's a weight measure or volume, a unit of volume or a unit of weight, why did Hashem tell us like an olive, like an egg, like a, mm-hmm. like a barley, like a, you know, why didn't he just say... An inch, a kilogram, a pound. Or exactly, or whatever the con- equivalent of that was then. And the Goenim write that because Hashem foresaw that Jew- the Jewish people over the generations were going to be all over the world where they used different types of units of me- measurements, dispersed both geographically across the world and also chronologically. The, the, the units that are used in the world today in all different societies are not the same as they were once upon a time. Pretty much in the world today... For the most part, there's the two systems, the metric system, which I believe most of the world uses, and then there's the system here in the United States, which I'm not sure what it's called, but the inch foot and all of that. Then you have England, which uses like a hybrid of those systems, so that's confusing. But until not so long ago, for example, we're going to talk a little bit about the Russian uh, units of measurement. Until uh, fairly recently, they were using completely different units of measurements in Russia. (coughs) Okay. Let's start off, like I said, by touching up some things from last week. So I asked the question of a contradiction in the Alter Rebbe and as soon as I finished the class, I realized that the solution, that it's not a contradiction at all, and that actually the solution is very obvious, and this is a really important point. When the Alter Rebbe brings, so we mentioned last week, there's one opinion that a kazais is half of an egg, and another opinion that a kazais is a th- less than a third of an egg, but we don't know how much less, right? And by the way, that was another mistake I meant I, I, I made. I said that the way we get to less than a third is because we know that a kesevas agasa date is a third, and we know that a kesayis is less than a, a date. But actually, I w- the, 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 the correct thing I, it was, I was, the Rambam was not talking about a date. He's talking about a gregorus, which is a fig, and um, that's in the context of erevin. How much bread you need to 
to, to put aside to, when you create a Eruv. Anyway, the bottom line is that opinion, the opinion that we call the Rambam's opinion, is that the Kazayas is a little bit less than a third of an, is less than a third of an egg. Now, how much less? So at the beginning of the Seif, the Alter Rebbe said a little bit less, and the end of the Seif, he said a lot less. And the context is very clear, because in the beginning of the Seif, he's telling you how much you have to eat. In order to fulfill the mitzvah of matzah, for example, according to the Rambam, you have to eat a little bit less than a third. We can't say, because maybe it's only a little bit less. We don't know how much less it is. But at the end of the Seif, he's trying to tell you that you always have to err on the, err on the side of caution in both directions. So in other words, if you're going to eat something, you have to make a bracha achrena, burn if you ate a kezayis. So either you have to make sure to eat a lot less than a third, because only then do you know that it's for sure not a kezayis. And then for sure you're not making a bracha And for sure you don't say bracha achrena. Or you have to eat half, the equivalent of half of an egg, and then you do say a bracha achrena. So Allah so we pass that you say a bracha achrena after you've eaten the volume of half of an egg. But... Um, well, you should only, but you, sh- you shouldn't. You should only eat a lot less than a third. How much less? I think nowadays, as we discussed last week, we could fairly convincingly say that um, that 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 we know that an olive is actually ranges somewhere between five and six cubic centi- five and seven cubic centimeters. So it comes out to be, I think, somewhere um, about a, a tenth of an egg. So a fifth of half an egg. I mean, uh, no, let's see the way around. It's is it a tenth of an egg? In other words, yeah. yeah. It's a pro- an egg is approximately 50 cubic centimeters. So an, and an olive, right? So, I mean, the numbers so are very... a tenth of an egg? <coughs> yeah, an olive. an olive is approximately a tenth of an egg, give or take. Okay. Um, now, another important question that somebody asked me after the class last week, which the Gemara discusses explicitly, so I want to address that. We mentioned the Gemara says that Rabbi Yechanan ate an olive, and he made a, an afterbracha after eating one olive. So the question he asked me was, well, doesn't an olive have a pit? So if we're saying that this measurement is the volume of an olive, well, the volume of an olive is more than you could eat because then you have to take out the pit, so you've actually eaten less than the volume of an olive. So there are two answers to this question. The Gemara, the, the Bavli, our Gemara, what we call our Gemara, the Bavli says that the olive that Rabbi Yochanan ate was not an average olive, it was a big olive. And minus the pit, it comes out to the same volume as an average olive. Um, the Yerushalmi has a different answer. The answer of the Yerushalmi is that actually this has nothing to do with the volume of how much you have to eat in order to make a bracha chreina, but rather um, because there's another criteria which qualifies for bracha chreina, and that is if you eat something whole. And because you eat a whole olive, so even if it's less than the size of an olive, because you've lost the volume of the pit, it still warrants a bracha chreina. And basically. Sorry? It's like a, it's like a beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and therefore, taste for say, and we pass like this, that you shouldn't, you shouldn't, if you, you should never eat something that's in, that's an entire natural thing. Um, if it's less, if you're in the, if you don't know for sure it's going to be kazai. So for example, you should never eat one grape. You should either eat half a grape or you should eat enough grapes to be the size of half of an egg. Um, similarly, pomegranate seeds. Those are, if I recall correctly, those are the two examples in Toysus and Brachas that he gives. In addition to not eating a whole olive, um, is to, to not eat a, a whole grape and a whole pomegranate seed, because according to your Shalmi, you would have to make a Bracha Achreina because it's a whole unit. And according to the Bavli, you wouldn't make a Bracha Achreina because according to the Bavli, you only make a Bracha Achreina if you have actually the volume of a Kazais. And that might be what? If you actually have the volume of a kezayis, so so a grape w- w- would be too small, ostensibly. And that would be even true even if it's a very small olive or a very small grape. Correct. Potentially. Uh, a pomegranate. According to the Yishami, you would make a bracha on a pomegranate seed. 
One pomegranate seed you would make a bracha achreinu. Because it's whole. Because it's a whole natural unit, right? Now, okay, I want to move on again. I'm just covering some um, some, some loose ends from last week over here. So last week when we showed the different measurements and the sizes of matzah, I said there's no reason to eat any more than this. So I already mentioned last week that you eat a little bit more because some of it gets stuck in between your teeth. But there are there's another two reasons perhaps to eat more than that. Um, and I think that most people, again, we have to sort of frame the discussion over here. Most people eat more than that anyway. It's just that when you have somebody who has difficulty eating matzah and he just wants to do the mitzvah, so then you have to narrow it down to the, to the bare minimum um, requirement size. So there's two more reasons to eat more. One is that in addition to whatever gets stuck between your teeth, if there's often a lot falls on the floor because you're in this sort of awkward position and you're leaning and, you know, so crum- So you have to, you know, if you're going to ma- if you're going to sort of prepare yourself a bag and weigh the amount of matzah with the exact amount, then it's a good idea to add a little bit more um, to account for some of it um, perhaps falling into your beard or onto the floor. Um, and in another Indian, which uh, it's difficult to know exactly how much this is halachic and how much this is more sort of or whatever the case is, but there is um, this idea in Chesidosh's forum and even in Halachic's forum a little bit that actually eat, that it's not shot that there's a mitzvah to eat a kazais matzah and then that's it, you've done the mitzvah. It's like uh, a certain mitzvah, you do the mitzvah and then once it's done, it's done. You shake lulav, that's it, you've done the mitzvah. It doesn't, you don't get more mitzvah for, for holding the lulav for an extra five minutes. Yeah, you hold it, that's it, you've done the mitzvah. Whereas when it comes to matzah, there's even a, a, a possible, there's a possible allusion to this, I think Avni Nezer brings from the, from the Gemara, that there's this idea that eating more matzah is, is, is better. So it doesn't, in other words, what we spoke last week is all about how much you have to eat for the kasayis, but there is this idea that eating more is a good idea because the more matzah you eat, the more mitzvah you get, and it obviously has all the spiritual qualities of the bread of faith and the bread of healing, etc. Um, but, um, but, okay, so I just wanted to sort of add that to the record. And finally, um, the last uh, follow-up to last week was that I mentioned last week a rumor that Reb Chaim, that, that we, we discussed how Reb Chaim Noah had this um, uh, very strange way of measuring the volume of matzah by crushing it up and putting it at, with, the, with, with great, great uh, pressure into a cup and somehow coming to the um, very strange conclusion that matzah has the same uh, relative density as water. And um, so I wrote, so I, I said that there's this rumor that Reb Chaim Noah retracted this, uh, this way of measuring it. So I looked into, into that a little bit, and uh, there is this rumor, and then you have articles from, from some of Reb Chaim Noah's family, from a grandson of his who lives in New York, and others who vehemently deny the rumor, and um, the rumors continue to fly in both directions, and of course... The rumor of the retraction or the rumor of the crushing? No, the crushing, he writes explicitly in, a, in, a, um, in, in at least two or three places in his Sefer. Um, but uh, we discussed last week, I'm not sure if you had a chance to listen, we discussed last week that n- n- nobody but nobody accepts this. Uh, yeah, but as a former lab technician, that's exactly what you're supposed to do to measure the density of a solid. Well, it depends on what your criteria for measuring the density is. The, gemara, the, the halacha is that the... Um, that the, the holes in the matzah count toward the kazais, not just in the matzah, the holes in, in anything. Reb Chaim Noah comes up with this idea that the holes that count toward the kazais are only microscopic holes, um, which he calls the porous. Um, anyway, okay. Um, so very, now, when it comes very to... Very close to water, right? 
No, the, the Matthias is that, again, like I mentioned last week, there are many, many experts in the, in the field of, of Shiure Torah in this last generation, and they all come to the same conclusion with all the different labar, lab ways of measuring matzah, with the water displacement, displacement and grapeseed displacement, and using the, the, the what's that called, the, the thing, that, the tool that they measure with? Um, I mentioned Something last week. seed, uh, rapeseed. No, 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 uh, there's display. a tool that they use to measure exactly. Calipers. The calipers, a uh, caliper, that's right. Anyway, the bottom line is everybody agrees that the relative weight of matzah to, wa- to water is approximately half, maybe it's 0.55%, maybe I think one measurement even might have been machmer as much as 0.6%, uh, um, uh, 0.6, not percent. Um, and, uh, and 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 then you have on the other side some people got it as low as uh, is 0.3 or 0.35 whatever the, the exact we're not going to review but everything for him it's 1-1 one, one. yeah <coughs> alright last week I mentioned about Revius just very briefly that the Revius in Chabad the, the size that we use for Revius is um, 86 cubic centimeters which is um, in fluid ounces um about 2.9, 2.9 fluid ounces. Now, Bechlal, um, I mentioned already last week, the reason, and, and all the Svarim that talk about these, because they're not usually based in America, they're using the metric system. The metric system also makes a lot more sense, at least in this context, because the volume and the, because, because the volume and the weight match up, right? A cubic centimeter weighs one, uh, one millimeter, one, uh, one, sorry, a cubic ce- centimeter of water weighs one gram. Um, in addition, but, but obviously everything can be converted into the units that we use here in this country, um, and, um, and you have to remember it can be confusing when we're talking in ounces that there's an ounce which is a measure which is a unit of weight, and then there's a fluid ounce which is a unit of volume. So we have to bear that in mind to use those word ounce and fluid ounce um, accurately. Now, last week I got a very frantic voice note from a friend of mine. How dare you say? that according to Chabad, we rely on 86 milliliters, which is 2.9 ounces or so, uh, let's call it 3 ounces, uh, fluid ounces, to be a revius, there is a tradition from the Alter Rebbe that a revius is, oh, I don't remember exactly what the tradition is, but that it's 120, that it's 115, um, and so how could you say any different than that? Now, Milliliters, so, 115 milliliters. Yeah, 115 milliliters, 120 milliliters, 100, there's all these traditions, well, what is going on over here? So I, I spent a lot of time um, review. I mean, it wasn't the first I've heard of it. I've heard of that tradition before, um, and I spent a lot of time looking into it during the week, uh, in the beginning of the week. And I, I was going to actually. I came here. For, I actually started preparing a whole chart where to show you all the old um, units of measurements that they used to use in Russia and how they match up to grams and to fluid ounces and to, to, to ounces, etc. But 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 really, all of that is more or less irrelevant. There's a number of things at play over here. Number one, the Alter Rebbe, there's, there's two stages when you talk about the sizes that the Alter Rebbe gave. There's two stages in the Alter Rebbe's um, teachings on this. The Alter Rebbe taught this in regards to two halachas. Number one, to the size of a mikvah. A mikvah, we're going to be talking about a mikvah a lot today. A mikvah has to be 40 sa'a, um, which is a, a, a measurement of volume. And also, in terms of Hilchus Nida, there is the volume of a gris which is a, a, a certain a size of how, how big uh, a stain of blood has to be, less than that size in order to qualify um, for, for in the laws of Nida for certain leniencies. We're not going to get into that right now. Now, the Alter Rebbe spoke about certain sizes 
for these things, but then later the Alter Rebbe retracted them. We have a, a number of different testimonies from the Alter Rebbe's brother and from the Tzamech Tzedek and others that the Alter Rebbe re- re- reviewed that whole topic and retracted it to a smaller size. So one thing we know for sure is that they, within the Alter Rebbe, whenever you see any measurement from the Alter Rebbe about something, you first, or from any of the Rebbe, you first have to figure out, was this said in the early days when he held of the bigger size or when it came into the lower size? Another thing you have to keep in now, and that's part, so that's the scholars who discuss this these different traditions from the Alter Rebbe, Bar Levin and others. The Erem Chaim Noah discusses them a lot. They're all busy trying to figure out exactly how much is this in, 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 in milliliters and grams, and how does that compare to the other measurements, and is it before the retraction, after the retraction? However, there's a number of other important things at play when it comes to mikvah. So first of all, the, we're rounding everything up. Because, for two reasons. First of all, when it comes to mikvah, there is a very, very strong tendency to be machmir. We want to have, we want to go, any chumri you could possibly throw in. You, we don't say that, for most areas in Torah, we don't say that we're looking as much as possible for chumras. When it comes to building a kosher mikvah, any possible chumra that you could think of, go right ahead. It's a, we, we look very much... Um, uh, for Chumras, there's a number of different t- traditions why. And so we find even the Rebbe Rashab, when he was building a mikvah, which is another source of uh, uh, some of the traditions, is that Rabbi Ankalanda, who was the Rav in the Rebbe Rashab's Chatzar, gave over um, what the Rebbe Rashab told him, how much water to put for the mikvah when they were building the mikvah in Rostov. So when you come to mikvah, you're going to be very machmer. So you're going to round it up, and you're going to go according to the most possible strict opinion about uh, how much uh, um, the, the measurements are. And also, besides rounding it up for the sake of Khumra, you all and also because water evaporates, so you want to have extra and to make sure. Also, they were rounding it up practically. In other words, um, like for example, one of the relevant testimonies over there is that somebody measured the Friedrich Rebbe's Becher, and the Friedrich Rebbe's Becher, he says, was 100 grams. Two sotka, a sotka is a Russian, means like a double shot glass, because it's a, 100 grams. It's about 3.3 ounces. So... So, so okay. Then somebody says, "No, it wasn't an accurate measurement. It wasn't an accurate measurement." Obviously, the rumors and the polemics go up and back. But the bottom line is, just because somebody has a becher that's um, 100 grams, that doesn't mean that he holds that that's what a revius is. All it means is that he holds that 100 grams contain a revius. A revius may well be less than 100 grams. So the same is true when the Rebbe Rashab or the, whichever Rebbe is telling you that X amount is the right amount for mikvah, they're using contemporary Russian units. So there's an emmer, which means a bucket, which was some sort of measurement. And there were other measurements that they're referring to over there. It could be it was just sort of a convenience. It's like I tell you that a revius is three ounces, right? Now, in fact, I don't really mean that a revius is three ounces. What I mean is that a revius is 2.92 ounces. But I'm just going to say three ounces because, you know, three ounces is a revius and that's good enough. So, there's many, many articles and things written about all these traditions. So, but the bottom line is, there isn't anything to come out from there. Clearly, we see the Friedrich Rebbe did have less than the, any of those shmuas from the Rebbe Rashab, the Tzamech Tzedek, the Alter Rebbe. They're all more than 100 grams, which was the size of the, of the 100 milliliters, which is, a, a, sorry, 100 grams, which is 100 cubic uh, centimeters. Um... Um, so, so, so the Friedrich Rebbe's Becher was less than that. Um, and like I said, there's an element of rounding up, there's an element of being machmer for mikvah. And the truth is that you can't really start paskening halacha 
based on, uh, you, know, the, you know, sometimes you have a clear tradition, you start asking the halacha, you know, we have a tradition, you have a tradition. But when you don't have a clear tradition, and, and you do have clear discussions in the Paiskim, so you don't start asking halacha based on that. And then there's one more very important aspect over here is that, as we'll see soon, if you adjust the size of the, 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 the revius, and you say that a revius is, let's say, 120 milliliters, so, so, then, so then accordingly, everything else has to, I'm going to explain soon why, but the, 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 the units of volume and the units of length are at least supposed to directly correlate. So if you're going to say that um, a revius is 120 milliliters, then you're going to have to extend your amma and all the other measurements in all er- other areas of Torah. And we don't find that that was um, practiced in Chabad. And like we spoke last week, the Rebbe himself had fairly small kazesim for eating matzah. And in, in other areas also, you might find somebody had, a, a, for the most part, we don't find that people were machmir in, 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 in other areas. So w- the bottom line, what I'm trying to say is that even if you do as an individual want to um, say, oh, there's this tradition from the Alter Rebbe, so I'm going to use a bigger cup for the four cups of wine, Fine, so you could be machmer there, but that doesn't spill over into other areas of halacha where you start saying that therefore the amma is bigger and everything else is bigger also, which obviously leads to many kulas, as again, hopefully we'll touch upon some examples um, as we go along today. Um, again, I want to point out, that just like we said last week, that having two mu- having greater, bigger sizes of kazais to, make, to, to, to say that you have to eat more matzah, can also result in a kula. So the same is true in a leniency. The same is true when it comes to revius. That having a big revius can result in a leniency for uh, for a number of reasons. But I'll just point to two reasons that are relevant to the seder night. Number one is that ideally you're supposed to eat. You're, sorry, you're supposed to drink the entire cup of the four cups of wine. You're supposed to finish the whole thing, and ideally you're even supposed to do it in one gulp. So if you have three ounces, it's not that difficult to drink three ounces, to drink three ounces, and it's not that difficult to drink three ounces in one go. But if you're going to say, like, we'll get soon to the chazanish, or to other things, that actually it's five and a half ounces, so then it's going to be a lot harder to drink the whole thing. So again, it's not always a chumrah, because there's no chumrah to have a... In other words, the chumrah is to drink the whole cup, not to drink the amount of the revias. So if you have a cup that's exactly revias, so then you drink the whole cup, you're good. But having a bigger cup may also be a leniency. That's one point. Another point is that ideally on the Seder night, you're supposed to have wine, not grape juice, and not just regular wine, but even al- wine with some, uh, some significant alcohol content. Some people say 5%, 6%, <coughs> whatever the case is. And again, with smaller cups, that is much easier to accomplish than it is with bigger cups. So, the bottom line is that we paskin that Reb Chaim Noah says that uh, Revius is 86 cubic centimeters, which is 89 milliliter, 86 milliliters, which is 2.9 something fluid ounces. And indeed, if we're throwing rumors from the Rabbeim into the equation, we'll also throw in another one that there was a shliach, the Rebbe shliach in Argentina was a barrel Baumgarten, and apparently the Rebbe told him I was. Uh, this was referenced from a certain diary in Kfar which I was not able to, to, to obtain a copy of, um, but it says that, that the rabbi told him when he was, I guess, distributing wine and matzah for the four cups of wine, to rely on this opinion of Reb Chaim Noah of 86 milliliters. Now, um, practically speaking, Rabbi, when it comes to eating food, we said before 
that you need to make sure not to be in an area of doubt, do I have to make it after bracha or not? So you either have to eat a lot less than a third of an egg, or you have to make, um, or you have to have more, uh, half of an egg. What about when it comes to drink? How much do you have to drink? So the Mishnah Bura says that when it comes to drink, we have a doubt. We don't know if you say the after bracha for a drink when you drink kezayis of liquid, or when you drink a revius of liquid. Now the difference between a kezayis and a revius is huge, because a revius is one and a half eggs. So whereas a kezayis ranges from anywhere between a lot less than a third of an egg to a half of an egg, a revius is an egg and a half. Um, I'll actually give to you right now the formula that we use for this. It's a if, if you have a pen and paper, whatever, you might want to write this down. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll write it down right here and show it to you. You write down on the paper, Askalab, in Hebrew, Askalab. Aleph Samuch Kuf Lamed Beis, and if you could all see that, which stands for Eifa, Sa'a, Kav Lug Beitza. Those are five measurements that we use in Torah. And then underneath it, you write Gudu, which is Gimel Vav Dalad Vav, which is 3646. Six. And now I'll translate this to you. Askalab Gudu, that's all you have to remember. One afa is three sa'a, one sa'a is four kav, one kav is four lug, one lug is six beitzim, eggs, right? So a lug is six eggs. A revius, the, the, the word we use in revius actually means a quarter. Why is it called a quarter? Because it's a quarter of a lug. So if a lug is six eggs and a lug is four quarters of a lug, four revius, so then uh, the result is that a revius is an egg and a half. And if you want to know how many eggs are in a mikvah, well, one sa'a is six kav, which is four lug. So six times four means that there are, um, there are 24 I'm sorry, why am I here? Six times four means that are 24 lugim in a sa'a. What? What's the higher value, a sa'a or a lug? A sa'a is bigger than a lug. One sa'a oh, is okay. six kav, and one kav is four lug. So how many lug on a sa'a? 24. How many revios are in that? 24 times four is? Come on, pull your calculators out. What's 24 times four? 96. 96. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes? Okay, now that's one saw. How much is 40 saw? So what's 40 times 96? 40 times 96? 4 times 100. 3840. 3840. So there are, th- if you want to know how many, how many, how many revias are in 40 saw, the answer is. 3,840. How many eggs are in a 40 saw? The answer is, based on this chart, the answer is going to come out to 5,760. Okay, so 5,760 eggs, that is the volume of 40 saw. Now, so the Mishnah Buddha says that when it comes to drinking, we don't know, do you say a bracha achreina after um, the size of an olive or after the size of a revias, and therefore you have to avoid that twilight, the, that area of doubt. So, for those who follow the Mishnah Burra, that's the, the, that's the halacha, that's the chumrah they follow. However, the Alter Rebbe is much more lenient than the Mishnah Burra, and the Alter Rebbe paskins that this doubt, that we don't know how much something is, is only applies to wine, not to other drinks. And so, according to the Alter Rebbe, you can without any, da- any problem, 
go and drink 70 milliliters of orange juice, for example, and that's it. There's no bracha krona. You had less than a revius. You don't say burn a fashas. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with doing that at all. You're perfectly allowed to eat less than the amount. When it comes to wine, however, there, the Alter Rebbe holds like that there's the doubt, and therefore, when you drink wine, you either have to drink more than 86 milliliters, or you have to drink less than the size of an olive, which what we said last week is a lot less than a third of an egg, and let's say it's about 6 or 7 milliliters, which is not very much. Right? Can somebody Wait. bring out the phone over here and tell what? me what is, what is 6 milliliters in fluid ounces? like one, almost one-fifth of, of an ounce. Just Google. One, uh, six milliliters into... 0.000203 US fluid ounces. Okay, basically it's a very small amount. Okay, <laughs> it sounds a bit much, but fine. Now... But wait, wait, why... why so, why, so practically... Why an olive size? Because there's a machloikus whether the bracha krona for wine is after kazayas or revius. Okay. Now, practically speaking... This is very, very relevant to Kiddush on Shabbos Day. Because like this, if you're having your Shabbos meal Friday night, Shabbos Day, doesn't matter, you have a small amount of wine from Kiddush, not the person who's making Kiddush, the people who are listening to Kiddush, have a small amount of wine, that's no problem, because afterwards you're going to wash and you're going to bench, and the benching covers the wine. So that's not a problem. But if you're at a Kiddush on Shabbos Day, and you want to go... And now, now uh, so there you're not benching. You're just going to say, you're not benching be- what we call benching, which is the full three brachas long benching. Mm-hmm. You're going to say, uh, you're going to say, uh, now, so now you need to know, do you include in your after bracha also al hagefen? So in order to include al hagefen, you have to have 86 milliliters of wine. Now, you don't need to have any wine. You could listen to Kiddush Shabbos Day and not drink any wine at all. Or Kiddush on Pesach, right? No, not for Pesach. Pesach you need to no, have I'm saying, Pesach. I'm saying for, for Kiddush, I'm not likely during the day on Pesach, uh, sometimes they'll have a Kiddush out, right? So they have nothing that's ala Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. your, your, your Suda is going to be your yeah. grape juice the, uh, yeah. or the, wine. The, the, right. So anytime you're having wine, which you're not benching afterwards, you have to be careful about this. So what happens is, I see this a lot here on Shabbos Day, after the, the rabbi makes Kiddush, so people come and they want to taste a little bit of wine because, you know, people like to do that. Again, it's not necessary. We've discussed that in the past. In Ashurim on Kiddush, you could Google them, they're on the YouTube channel. Um, but, so again, but if you want to do that, that's fine, but then you have to make sure to either have a lot, which is 86 milliliters, which is 3 ounces, or to have the tiniest sip, because as soon as you have more than uh, the very small amount of 5 or 6 milliliters, you've already entered into your zone where you're no longer a lot less than a third of an egg, and um, therefore you have a, a problem whether or not you should say an after-blessing. Um, in theory, there could be other workarounds. You could hear the after blessing from somebody else, maybe. But the bottom line is, you should either you, you, you three, you three when you're having a kiddush, when you're having wine, and you're not doing benching afterwards. Your three options are either have more than 86 milliliters, or have or don't have any. Don't need to have any wine, or have a have a tiny tiny sip. Okay. Um, exactly. By the way, if just point of reference, you, you may recall that before Yom Kippur. We were sitting over there. We had a whole class about the size of a revias and the size of a kazayas and how fast a person has to drink on Yom Kippur in order for it to combine for the shir. We had a whole class about that. Again, it's on the YouTube channel. It's on the podcast. Um, you can follow it up over there. Yes. A, a revias, you said, is uh, is 
is uh, more than a, than the size of an egg? By a little, like, is like an egg and a half. An egg and a half. Okay. That's Muslim. Everybody agrees that the Revius is an egg and a half. We don't necessarily agree how big an egg is, but we all agree that an egg and a half is a Revius. Okay. So, until now, that's sort of practically speaking, that's quote-unquote the bottom line. I'm going to talk a little bit about the, sto- the, 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 the behind the scenes, the history of all of this, and um, you'll see that there's some really, really interesting stuff going on over here. Um, First of all, I should point out, I think I may have mentioned this last week, but it's important to know, <coughs> this that we call today the Shir of Chazanish and the Shir of Chaim Noah, it's not really accurate. Reb Chaim Noah isn't the inventor of that shitter, and the Chazanish isn't the inventor of the other shitter, but they are two contemporary um, Peskim who very much um, published and, 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 and were Isaac in this sugya a lot, so it sort of became known colloquially as the Shir Chaznish and the Shir Chaim Noah, but obviously the, the story goes a lot further back. The problem with determining how big the Shirim are go back all the way to the Gemara's size for the mikvah. A mikvah has to be the size that a whole person's body can be submerged in the water, and the Gemara says that the size of the mikvah is the size of a person's body, the average size, is you take a box, which is three amas tall, one amma wide and one amma deep, and and that is the size of a mikvah. That's what Gemara says. That is kibul chazal or shiru chazal. That is the size of a, 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 a body of water, a volume of water, that an average person's body can be submerged in. It's, um, in, again, based on Reb Chaim Noah's Shurim, that would be um, four and a half feet um, tall and a foot and a half wide and a foot and a half deep. Now, you could ask, why, why do we need this measurement at all? We already know. Askel Abgudu. Askel Abgudu tells us that 40 sa'a is um, 5,760 eggs. So all we need to know is know the volume of an egg, times, multiply that by 5,760, and then you know how big 40 size. But, for whatever reason, Chazal gave us this measurement of the, uh, the, the cubits, the feet, right? Look at the Amas. Now, the problem, this is a big, big problem in Shurim, and this is the Chazanish, the, the, the Medibihuda. This is the big, big problem. Okay, everybody ready? Ostensibly, if you learn this Gemara, what you will come up is that if you take 5,760 eggs, and there's the discussion we noted last week, does it mean eggs with the shell or without the shell? Okay. Uh. By the way, the whole, interesting to note, the whole method of how to measure with water displacement is, is brought in the tour in the Shulchan Aruch. You could look at it here in the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch in Simintov Nun Vav, Sif Base, where I actually tried this at home with my kids this week. You fill up a cup of water, you weigh how much, you see how much water it is, and then you basically put, take another cup the same size, put the egg in it, and fill up the water, and then you measure how much water is left in the original cup, and that is, because if you do the regular displacement method, if you're not in a lab, there's going to be water splashing, and it's going to be very hard to make it um, accurate. You put the egg in and the water splashes. So this way is a way to do it that's more, yields more accurate results. Anyway, okay, here's the big, big problem with Shurim. Ostensibly, if you take um, a box, which is um, one armor wide, one armor, yeah, one armor by one armor, and three armors tall, that should match up to the box that contains the volume of 5,760 eggs. The problem is they don't, right? That was the big <laughs> problem. The big problem is that and this is the Noi Dibihuda, the Slach, which the Chazanish's cup is, 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 is taking from, and it's already pointed out, being pointed out that the Slach is not the first person to make this observation. The numbers simply don't seem to match up. Okay? So how are we going to deal with this problem? How are we going to deal with the problem that the numbers simply don't match up? 
So there are basically three approaches. Does it match up in which direction? That the eggs, um, the, 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 if you go with the eggs, it's going to be about half of the size as it is if you're going to go with the cubits, with the amas. The mikvah, that's 5,760 eggs, is approximately half the size of three amas by one amma by one amma. Okay? Oh, it's less. It's a lot less, right? So, there's basically three ways, more or less, three, there's, there's obviously, when it comes to the very fine do- details, there's, there's some variances, but there's basically, in general, <coughs> three approaches, three approaches to deal with this issue. The first is, the, we'll, we'll call it the shit of the Chazanish. What the Chazanish, what the Nebuchadnezzar Ba'atzim says is that eggs today, nowadays, are half of the size that eggs used to be in the time of Chazal. Mm. Okay? So whereas nowadays, now, what, me- what measurement was the Chazanish and the Nebuchadnezzar using for an egg? They are assuming that an egg is 50 cubic centimeters, 50 milliliters worth. Chicken right? egg. A chicken egg, an average chicken egg. Now, if you want to do the measurements yourself, you can. You have to be careful because part of the discussion today is, well, what's considered the average egg? In the market today, there's usually medium, large, and extra large, which seem to indicate that large is what, what the Chazal will be referring to as the Benini. Um, be that as it may, the assumption, the point of departure was that an egg is 50 milliliters, 50 cubic centimeters. So... So, okay, so now we're going to say that once upon a time the shiurim were a lot bigger than that. They were 100, the eggs were, were double, or 100 cu- cubic centimeters, and then, quote-unquote, everything matches up perfectly. Um, there are numerous, numerous problems with the shita, and I don't, I'm not going to focus on that now for a number of reasons. First of all, because, uh, I mean, we could just talk for hours and hours, but um, nobody really paskins, like, certainly in Chabad, but even outside of Chabad, nobody really paskins like the Chazanish. Like the shita, at the most... They that they, they try to be machmer to do that shita, but everybody understands that there are um, many many problems with this, and um, and the, and the Matthias is that the the, the, the minhag throughout all kahilas in Europe and Eretz Yisrael, Ashkenazim, Sfaradim, has always been nobody ever considered eggs to be that big. To, that nobody ever considered we we have tradition right, and there's a story of the Chafetz Chaim. The Chafetz Chaim says to be machmer like the Chazanish, and then somebody saw that he had the small becher. So he said, how could you make Kiddush on such a small becher? You yourself said uh, that uh, you should be machmer like the Chazanish and use a becher that, according to his shita, comes out to about five and a half fluid ounces for a vias. So the Chafetz Chaim said, I also had a father. In other words, if you're telling me, if, you, if I'm learning the sugya, I'm going to say you should be machmer because that's what comes out from the sugya. But what I do in practice, I do what my father did. Who's this? Uh, the Chafetz Chaim in the Shabura. That's the story. I can't verify the story, but I was but he was following, not Chazanish, not the Yeah, yeah. Um, now, okay. The bottom line is, the, uh, and, and uh, the, uh, the, there's many, many problems with the Chazanish. Essentially, basically, what comes out is uh, ba- based on all sorts of evidence, both archaeological evidence and also evidence from other statements of Chazal. Um, for example, we have Chazal talking about the weight of barley and other things, and we compare them to contemporary. According to the Chazanish, you would have to say that everything in the world remained the same size. Besides eggs, uh, and, and besides eggs and people, like it's it, 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 it's just it's 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 very very strange. All the problems with the Chazanish shita are, are very um, are very uh, major. Okay. Wait, everything now, stays the same size except for eggs, basically. But the Chazanish would also say that olives also change people, size. No, right? not the olive. He doesn't say the olives. Uh, he's not sure if olives change size, but he says people became a little bit smaller. It's a half the size of the eggs that supposedly existed back then, right? 
Love Dafka. It's complicated what the Chazanish holds about Kazais. We touched on it a little bit last week. Uh, the, again, I don't want to focus on that too much, not because, just because we, we have very limited time. Um, now, Reb Chaim Noah took a different approach. Reb Chaim Noah is basing himself on the Rambam. And the Rambam, the Rambam tells you that the weight of a revius of water is 27 dirham. Dirham is a coin, a currency, that was in use for many, many hundreds of years around that part of the world. And in Reb Chaim Noah's days, um, in, in Israel, before the establishment of the state, there were still dirhams in circulation, they were still being used as a currency. So, um, if the revius of, of, of water weighs the same weight as 27 dirhams, so how much is a dirham? So Reb Chaim Noah said, oh, a dirham, he weighed the dirham, the dirham is 3.2 grams. So as this could come in, it worked out that basically the revius, like we said, was... 86 um, cubic centimeters. I, well, I said it was 2.9. 2.9 fluid ounces. It's the same thing. 2.9 fluid ounces. Same as 3.2. Is the same as 86 milliliters. But you said something about, what was 3.2? 3.2 gram is for each dharam. But oh. we are reviews is 27 dharam. All right, so 27 times 3.2 comes out to 57.6. Um, so basically... Well, 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 one second. Let me, let me, so, so basically, one second. So, what does Reb Chaim Noah do with it? So, so he's so he's basing himself on this discrepancy. Uh, he's basing himself on the Rambam, which talks about the weight of this coin. What do we do with this discrepancy between the size of the mikvah, five thousand seven hundred sixty eggs, and the size of the mikvah of three amas by one amas by one amas? So, what he does is he says, actually, you got both of the both ends wrong. An amma is smaller than you think it is. You think that. The average size, because what, what's an amma? An amma is six tefachim. A tefach is is, is um, four four uh, finger breadths. How much? So, so it all boils down to the finger, which is the thumb. What's the? So you're assuming, right? All the people who are measuring this were assuming that the average size of a thumb is about two and a half centimeters. Actually, it's it's less than that. It's about two, the average size is about two centimeters. So he's brought down the shear of the of of the of the sort of the length based units a little bit. And then he says also the egg is a little bit bigger. You think that an egg is 50 cubic centimeters. Actually, an egg is, like we just said, um, 27 times 3.2. So it comes out to 57.6. Right? So basically what Chaim Noah done is he's extended the egg a little bit. He's shrunk the finger breadth a little bit. And that way he makes it all match up. Um, now, so those are basically two approaches. Now, before I present what the third approach is, and um, according to my timer here, we started the class about 12 minutes late today, so we'll probably go a little bit over as well. Um, before we go to what the third approach is, I want to zone in a little bit to Reb Chaim Noah's approach. So Reb Chaim Noah's b- bottom line is that it's 86 that the kazais is 86 milliliters, in other words, that an egg is 57.6 milliliters in, vo- in, in, in volume. Um, now, Reb Chaim seems nowadays there is a field of study called numismatics. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's Stamps. N- no, it's N-U-M-I-S-M-A-T-A-C. It's the study of coins and currency. Close. And... Um, you're very close. And it turns out that actually Reb Chaim Noah did the best research. In other words, Reb Chaim Noah, before he established, okay, the Ramam says 27 dharam, but how much is a dharam? Says Reb Chaim Noah, I weigh the dharam, it's 3.2 grams each. 
But hold on a second, who says that the dharams that you're using are the same as the dharams that the Rambam was using? Maybe there's been some change over the years. So Rabbi Noah, to the best of his ability, again, there wasn't even this field of study and certainly no access to internet and all these other things. To the best of his ability, he decided that actually the dharam has undergone no change whatsoever. But nowadays, we know that that's not actually the case. We know that the dharam that the Rambam was using was actually less than 3.2 grams, and we know that it was somewhere between, I think, 2.7 and 3 grams. So it was certainly a little bit less than what Chaim Noem um, is talking about. And we know this, we can sort of co- co- collaborate this, no, corroborate, we could corroborate this from a number of different places, because we have writings of the Ramban about the sizes of coins, and we have the Rishonim the, the give measurements in terms of the equivalent weight of these coins, how, much, how many grains of barley they weight. So there's a lot of weight to sort of come from different directions and corroborate them. And in Yat Hashem next week, when we're talking about Pidin Haben, um, we're gonna, we'll talk a little bit more about the different currencies. It's very interesting to see how different Rishonim are using the currencies they had in, the, in, you know, in, in France and Israel and England and how they all come together. Very, very fascinating stuff. Um, but what we see from all of that is that actually the Dharams Rambam was using were less than three grams. Um, and in fact, he brings over here, uh, you know, there's always the question, which we've touched upon in a number of, we, we touched upon this when we spoke about the location of the Harabais, we've touched upon this in a number, and we, spoke, we touched upon this when we spoke about which cities in Israel should be doing Purim on Shushan Purim. There's always the question of to what extent do we rely on contemporary scholars of archaeology, etc., especially if they're not Shemitera Mitzvahs, do they have Halachic Na'amonos, do we trust them? So, it's interesting to note that, uh, he, I didn't check this up, I'm just quoting from this book that I'm reading from over here, that there's a, a, a book, some sort of chart, not a book, a chart, that was published in the year 1340, which is sort of a, a, a chart to match up different currencies from different countries. Now, nowadays, the whole way economics work is different. In those days, the, 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 the coin, the, the, what the currency represented was an actual weight of silver or copper maybe, but the, a weight of silver or copper, it wasn't like how much uh, the, the currencies, just nowadays the currency we use is nothing, it's just a, it, it's a legal tender because the government accepts it. Um, so in those days it actually meant something, and he brings over here that um, like market value. you see over there in the chart, that it compares th- this coin that the, Ramba, the Ramban uses, which is called the Bizant, is compared to three other coins, and again, I didn't check this up, so I'm not sure exactly what he means, but he says that the chart has that these accuracies where it, make, it seems to make the difference between 4.244 grams and 4.253 grams, which is a difference of 0.2%. So you could see that even though this is a very ancient document, it was written with extreme care for detail and accuracy. So that certainly gives some, some uh, sort of better credentials that we rely on this. Um, So, after all of this research, what the scholars come out with is that actually, Reb Chaim Noah's and again, it seems also the the Rayas are not just from sort of archaeology and from the Rishonim, it's also Minhag. He, he brings a number of different stories from Gedali Yisrael, from, from Europe, etc. Nobody, that people often had the Revias, a cup for Kiddush, which was less than 2.9 fluid ounces. Some people had uh, 75, 70, he seemed, the author of this book, Hidurah Hamidus, which we spoke about last week, he sort of comes to the conclusion that it's 75 
um, uh, milliliters, which in, in fluid ounces is 1.6, 1.7 fluid ounces, right? So, um, whereas, I'm sorry, 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 1.7 is the size of an egg. Um, uh, it's more than 1.7, it is... Okay, who has a calculator? Yeah, I do. What is... Oh, I have it here. No, I don't. One po- what is 1.7 times 1.5? 1.55. 1.55. 1.55. 1.55. 1.55. 1.55. 1.55. 1.55. 1.55. 1.55. 1.55. 1.55. 1.55. 1.55. 1.55. 1.55. 1.55. 1.55. 1.55. 
Right, but so usually you, <coughs> you don't tell, want to go exactly. So in other words, in my, when I in, when I'm measuring a sukkah, I need less than nine point four inches. I'm not going to go nine point three. I'll go less than nine. So as long as I have nine inches or less, I'm comfortable. But actually, according to this, I need to go even less than that. Probably eight. Yeah. Okay. Now, but all of this brings us back to the really big problem of how how do we what do we do with this stira again. We're measuring a mikvah. The two the two measurements don't match up. So we have already one. We we explained to Chaim Noah. He says that the eggs are bigger and and the eggs used to be bigger, and that's how he answers it. And we've already discussed that um, that is very difficult. That really to, uh, that, that is very difficult to accept. Now you have to understand. I want to say one point about Chaim Noah's shit, which kind of segues into the third approach. Yes. I was saying, well, the, the point is the eggs back back then were were double the were, size. Were a little were bigger. Not right? not a little bigger. Double the size. Double the size. He says that an egg the, the egg is fifty <coughs> milliliters. And based and on these calculations, that's not really true because we have that measurement that we what's forgot what the name of the measurement was. But the dharam coin, right? The dharam. The dharam. Okay. So exactly. the only other possibility would be that. Human beings were much. Smaller. Oh, oh, very good. So, Chaim Noah is. Let's go back to. Let's go back to the Noidi Behuda. Noidi Behuda is sitting in Prague. He's measuring mikvahs, and he he can't figure this out. What is going on over here, right? So, says the Noidi Behuda. Oh, it must be that the eggs used to be double the size. Why does he say the eggs used to be? Maybe the eggs used to be the same, and the fingers used to be half the size. Yeah. So he doesn't really have any proof. He doesn't know which way to go. But he says, you know, in general, as you read this Adairus, things get smaller. So he was more noted to say that the people got, that the eggs got smaller rather than people got bigger. I've been to a house. Oh, wait, wait, one second, one second, one second. Now, I'm, well, you're probably making a very, very good point. I'm just trying to, <laughs> to keep track of all the different things that we need to, <laughs> to cover. Tunnels. I apologize. My oh. head on the go on, share. <laughs> I'm sorry. Share what you were no, going to say. I was just saying, I've been to a house that was built in the early 1700s, and I, I bumped my head on the... Oh, very, very good. I went right through the... The is, is... My brother-in-law, he was like... <laughs> the Matthias is... The, the, the fact is that you go to old buildings, it's very, very clear a number of reasons that actually the, the opposite is true. People used to be smaller. And I'll also share my personal experience. If you go in the, in the, tower, uh, the tower of London, is that what it's called? Yeah. You see the armor of, oh, yeah. of, of, of people... It looks like it, it looks like uh, well, it doesn't look like midgets. It looks like teenage. It looks like you know, teenagers. Looks Children's like, looks like tall children rather than yeah. adults, right? So now you have to just because people, even the people, let's say an average twenty-five-year-old then was like an average fifteen-year-old now. That 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 does translate to a difference in the finger breadth, but a very small difference. So. So, so that's one. So that sort of leads into another approach that says actually the eggs are the same and everything is the same. The only thing that's a little bit different are the fingers. That the fingers um, were a little bit smaller, and that kind of um, leads into th- that. That's sort of a, 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 a possible another approach to try to explain this discrepancy between the two ways of measuring a mikvah. Now, there have been some other suggestions made. There are some other suggestions made to try and synthesize between them. 
And one of the suggestions is that actually instead of me- measuring the width, let's say if you're looking at your knuckle, instead of measuring with your thumb facing you, instead of measuring from your right to your left, the width of your thumb, you should be me- measuring the depth of your thumb, which is from, from your face to, you know, frontwards, backwards, instead of right to left. And that way it comes out a little bit smaller. That suggestion has, um, has been made, but it's, uh, it seems difficult to accept. And then there's another suggestion that says um, not it says it a little bit differently that rather than measuring at your knuckle you're supposed to measure at the tip of your thumb now obviously the tip of your thumb is somewhat on a slope so there's a little bit of a uh, you know exactly where on the slope do you measure but there's even a source for this in a toysfus where there's a toysfus that suggests that uh, it's, it's unclear exactly um, mentions it's not clear if you're supposed to measure at the t- tip of the thumb or the knuckle of the thumb so there's another suggestion made to try and synthesize that, and, and, all, and, and all the numbers work out this way that actually when the Gemara says to take three Amas by one Amas by one Amas for the Mikvah it's talking Amas which are four tfach, six Tfachim which are four finger breadths of the tip of the thumb not of the knuckle of the thumb now this all, so, so again, so far you could basically say we have, I guess we could say so far we have three approaches and we're going to suggest one more fourth approach. One approach is that of the Chazanish or the Nadi Behuda, that eggs used to be bigger. Another approach is that of Reb Chaim Noe that says that um, fingers are used to be a little bit smaller, or not, not maybe not used to be, maybe they still are, maybe Reb Chaim Noe measures. We actually had, if you remember, years ago, Rabbi Cohen from the CRC, Rabbi David Cohen came and, and he gave a class here, and there were about 25 or 30 people by the class, and he brought his caliper, and he measured everybody's thumb knuckles, and his maskana was that, um, in fact, Rabbi Chaim Noe is right, that the average thumb size is smaller. Now, I'm not here going to get in between the author of Hiduri Hamidus and Rabbi David Cohen, but I do know that you can't make statistics of worldwide population by measuring 27 people in Beis Menachem. Um, We're very big but, people. Uh, but um, whatever the case is, look, you know, so again, Reb Chaim Noah's approach is the eggs used to be bigger. I'm sorry, the Chazanish Noah, the Behutus approach is the eggs used to be bigger. Reb Chaim Noah, again, and, and the point is, the, the, the real crux of it is Reb Chaim, the Chazanish and the Noah, the use as the basis for their um, charted scale of measurements, the thumb. That's where everything starts from. And everything has to be adjusted toward the thumb. And Chaim Noah says, no, everything has to be adjusted towards the dam of the Rambam, and everything gets adjusted according to that. So the eggs become a little bit bigger, the fingers become a little bit smaller. Then you have the um, supposedly, again, if I'm taking the, or the contemporary author's word for it, the more scientific approach, which is actually uncovering all the different data we have, both from the Rishonim and the, 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 the Darhams and the other coins and the Barleys and archaeological evidence and everything put together. And they say, no, actually, nothing's changed at all. The, 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 the eggs are the same. Everything is the same. And maybe we could have the finger breadths used to be smaller because the, not used to be smaller, they still are smaller, but we're supposed to measure the tip rather than the knuckle or something along those lines and we get to smaller shiurim. Now, there is another approach that says, look, we don't know. We have here a major problem. We don't know which way is the right or go away. Maybe the fingers used to be smaller. Maybe the eggs used to be bigger. Maybe both. Maybe something else. We don't know. So we have a kasha. You have a kasha. There's a gemara... We have a kasha. You have a question of the Gemara. So, from the kasha start finished. Just because you have a question, it doesn't mean that we throw the whole Gemara under the bus. So, so, so then what do you do practically? So this approach says, and this is actually based, it, the, the theory is actually has a strong basis in the tshuva of the Beis Yosef. There's a tshuva, the Beis Yosef, the author of the Shulchan Aruch, his, his tshuva sefer is called Avkas Reichel. And in Avkas Reichel, he was 
um, asked a pro- he was posed a, a question. Uh, the people who were uh, writing to him wrote that they measured this mikveh in Svas, or the Bishas of himself lived in Svas, and also the numbers didn't match up. There they weren't talking about um, the eggs. They were saying that they, they, they measured it with the boys with the fingers, and they measured it based on the coins that the Rambam used, and it, the, the, the numbers didn't match up exactly. So the Bishas writes to them in Avkot Shreichel that you know, the Rambam is giving you the weight of the coins just to be helpful, but if it turns out not to be helpful, then drop the Rambam's coin and stick to your fingers, right? Why is the Bishas of saying that? Because the Gemara doesn't say that the size of the mikveh is X amount of coins. The Gemara says the size of the mikveh is X amount of fi- uh, finger breadths, of cubits. So good. So, so that's the Iker. You have a question that it doesn't fit, good, so it doesn't fit, but you have to follow what the Gemara says. So therefore, this approach says... You have to go b'chol mokim You have to go in every case and see what is the primary unit of measurement and what is the secondary unit that we're just matching up. So, for example, when it comes for a mikveh, how do we know from the Torah how big a mikveh has to be? Because the mikveh, sa- the, the Torah says, we just read this yesterday. Virachat is called b'sorei b'vayim. I think we read it yesterday. Yeah, you have, or two, whatever it was, we read it recently. You have to, you have to wash his whole flesh and blood. So, in other words, he ha- we have to have. Sorry, you have to wash his whole flesh in water. So we have to have a, 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 an amount of water which can contain the whole size of the human body. And Chazal says that the size of a human body is three amas by four am, by one amma by one amma. I, according to Chazal, it should also come out that that is the size of five thousand seven hundred sixty eggs, and that doesn't work out. Okay, so drop your eggs and just stick to your cubits, right? Oh. It doesn't work, so it doesn't work. Okay, so we don't know. We don't know why it doesn't work. But you draw the, the Chazal said you follow cubits, so you follow cubits. However, if you look at the Gemara, when it comes to Revius, the opposite is true. In other words, Gemara also says that the size of a Revius is two finger breadths by, um, by two finger breadths. One second. It's, it's two finger breadths by two finger breadths by two, fi- two and a half and a fifth finger breadths, right? Two and a half and a fifth is, a, is an old way of saying it. We would say, what's well, a half and a fifth? A half and a fifth is going to be 50% plus um, 20%, right? So um, so it's going to be 70, 70%, so 2.7, right? So it's two, by, two finger breadths by two finger breadths by 2.7 finger breadths mm-hmm. is the size of a revius, right? But that the Gemara is saying, and again, we're not going to have time to get into all the proofs that this is the case, but there the Gemara is saying it's secondary. In other words, the primary volume of an Ereviyas is an egg and a half. Mm-hmm. Secondary v- volume of Ereviyas is 2 by 2 by 2.7 finger breadths. So if the numbers doesn't match up, you have to determine what is the primary one and what is the secondary one. In the case of a mikvah, the primary measurement is the amma by, by three amas, amma by amma by three amas, so we drop the eggs. In the case of the revius, the opposite is true, that the primary measurement is an egg and a half, and the <coughs> two by two by 2.7 finger breadths is secondary, and therefore if we don't know which way to, to, to do it, we're going to stick to the, fin- the, the, the egg and a half, and therefore the maskana of um, that approach will also bring back to, in practice, using the smaller share of a revius, which again, according to Pacham Noah, is 86 milliliters, <coughs> according to him, is a little bit smaller, it's 7.75 milliliters, so it's 2.5 five fluid ounces, 2.9 fluid ounces, somewhere along there, that's the bottom line, and like we said before, according to Al-Tarebbe, this is important to know when it comes to drinking wine, um, that you have to make sure to either drink less than 5 or 6 milliliters, or more than, um, would say, 86 milliliters, <coughs> or some, some would say 75 milliliters, but that's the bottom line, and hopefully we've successfully given over an overview of the background and the discussion behind it.
And next week, Emirates Hashem, we're going to talk again, fascinating, and I really hope to have a t- time to create a proper um, flowchart with a you know PowerPoint presentation to show you the weight. You know, for Pidina Ben, you have to have five sloim, exactly how much is five sloim, and how it comes out to how many grams it is in silver um, today. And uh, we will also be actually celebrating a Pidina Ben next Sunday as well.